If the first anniversary of the attack on the Capitol left you drained and you're feeling uncertain about the direction that we're going in as a country or a city, but you still care and you don't want to check out, well, you're in luck. Our next guest focus is on how to strengthen democracy and improve civic engagement. Eric Liu is the co-founder and CEO of Citizen University. That's a nonprofit that's working to, quote, build a culture of powerful, responsible citizenship across the country. Hi, Eric. Thanks for joining us. Sasha, it's great to be with you. First, Eric, given this first anniversary that we just had, what are your reflections on the January 6th insurrection? Well, I think um, it's a pretty sobering thing to recognize um, not just what happened a year ago, uh, but to recognize how poorly we as a country have reckoned with what happened. Uh, watching uh, the coverage yesterday, it was, um, you know, it was just another amplification of the same uh, divisions and the same kind of separated worldviews um, that were the part of the cause of the problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that really strikes me, Sasha, is that, you know, not only the commemoration of January 6, but the larger conversation that's beginning to emerge right now about whether we might be headed towards something like civil war in the United States um, is a conversation that focuses almost entirely on national politics, on what's going on in Washington, D.C. Um, and I think, you know, and people um, Chicagoland know that uh, as broken as things are in Washington right now, most people in most places in this country are not as polarized as the most extreme voices in Washington are. Uh, and most people are trying to figure out, as you said in your introduction, how can I be part of the solution? I, I may not know what to do, but I know I don't want to be part of the problem. And I think, um, you know, to me, the thing that we've got to do with January 6th is not turn our ga- is not to keep our gaze fixed on the Capitol, but to actually look back where we live and ask, well, what can we do? How can we show up where we are right now uh, to hold up our corner uh, of making sure that democracy is resilient and that uh, our systems are responsive to us? Well, as you put it, things are broken right now. There's a lot of discouragement as well, Eric. So what would you say to people listening right now feeling down? I would say I feel you. <laughs> you know, the, this is a time where um, this confluence of things, not just the, the breakdown in international political institutions and culture, uh, but of course the pandemic and of course, um, you know, deeper existential crises like the climate crisis, um, you know, getting it, getting people down is not even that, that's kind of a euphemism. There's a sense of just existential dread that's in the air. And yet I think one of the most important things we've got to remember um, is to have a little bit of a lens of history. What we're living through right now is in some ways unprecedented, but there have been generation after generation of Americans, uh, people of color, immigrants, indigenous people, who have frankly overcome uh, crises of legitimacy, crises of broken faith, crises of oppression and broken promises, far more intense than what most Americans are experiencing right now. And they chose in that moment not to curl up and give up but to organize, to mobilize, and to remember that even in the most powerless, uh, grim situations, it is entirely possible to generate new power out of thin air through the magic act of organizing. When we pull ourselves out of isolation, getting and you know, being on social media doesn't count as being in community. I mean, actually connecting with other people and saying, how are we going to do something together? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do something in the back of the yards? How are we going to do something uh, in, in Oakland? How are we going to do something um, uh, on the south side? What are we going to do here, actually, to make this part of our community uh, a little more humane, a little more uh, um, free? Uh, and I think 
remembering that we still have that power is the most important thing we can do because the flip side is that when you believe you are powerless, you pretty immediately make it so. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the, the message that I want to send right now. What do you think about this pandemic divide, especially between the vaccinated and unvaccinated? You know, I think uh, I, I have, I think, like a lot of people who are vaccinated uh, and people who have loved ones who are immunocompromised, um, precious little patience uh, for those who are uh, by choice unvaccinated. Um, and at the same time, um, I think we've got to recognize that, uh, you know, there's a there's a way for us as a country. Uh, there's a way for us as a community to engage each other on the things that lie beneath. Um, most people um, don't come to a position on vaccination or not vaccination um, as a first order question. Um, there's some deeper mistrust of government. There's some deeper sense of I don't want to. Um, be, uh, you know, told what to do. There's some deeper thing going on. And if we can rehumanize each other um, in a three-dimensional way, uh, we have a chance at least of uh, making sure that, uh, okay, I'm not going to just berate you for being an anti-vaxxer or being uh, unvaxxed. I'm actually wanting to understand where are you coming from? What is shaping your worldview here? And maybe there's a chance that person is movable if they recognize that they're being recognized. And I think this is the deeper thing. The pandemic has accelerated the way in which our politics right now, uh, everything is flattened. We are all 2D caricatures uh, of things. Uh, and so if I hear that somebody isn't unvaccinated, I don't care whether they've had life experiences that I could relate to. I don't care that we might agree on a lot of other things. I flatten them into this one thing. Yeah. And we've got to commit now. To, it's like a pop-up book. We've got to open up people and pop them back into three dimensions uh, and understand um, what's going on inside. Well, Eric, aren't the unvaccinated engaging in a form of self-marginalization because they're now being increasingly shut out of many parts of our society? I mean, yes. Uh, and if it were only that simple, I suppose that would be a price they might be willing to pay and that society would say that's the balance of things. But of course, we're in the situation because, uh, you know, their choices are literally not just figuratively contagious. And so um, they may shut themselves out of public life, but to the extent that they still circulate in the world in other ways, uh, they continue to propagate the problem. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously with Omicron, we're not strictly speaking in a pandemic of the unvaccinated anymore. People, plenty of people are getting breakthrough uh, infections. Uh, but what we are in uh, is a world where the unvaccinated are the, are the people keeping us as a society uh, from actually being able to come to closure on this pandemic. And I think that's the, um, again, it comes back to some deeper questions that are deep American questions like, the people who are choosing not to be vaccinated fly the big flag of liberty. Don't tread on me. Uh, and I think what we've got to remember as Americans is that no right comes without a responsibility. In fact, every right properly understood is a responsibility. And you don't get, you know, the only people who get to say I should be able to do whatever the heck I want anytime are toddlers and sociopaths. And everyone else has to recognize how are my choices going to impact and be contagious in every way. I'm not just talking about a virus uh, around the community. That's yeah. about our social norms. That's about violence and gun violence. That's about all the kinds of things that plague our communities. Um, and I think um, recognizing that rights have to be coupled with responsibility is part of the culture change that, again, no president is going to actually um, fix for us. 
This is a thing that in our faith communities, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our uh, small civic associations, um, we've got to commit to actually being the carrier of that way of being. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, that's Eric Liu. He's CEO of Citizen University. And we're discussing how civic engagement and uh, democracy can work for its citizens. Uh, Coming up in about five minutes on the program, the Great Resignation is still going strong. We're going to talk about whether prominent journalists of color who are leaving NPR is part of that trend or whether that reveals a larger issue. So stay tuned for that conversation. Uh, Eric, just yesterday, uh, we covered misinformation and disinformation on this show. How do you think civic engagement extends to the kinds of information that we share or that we consume? You know, I think this is, you know, misinformation and disinformation thrive to the extent uh, that our experience of civic life is mediated. <laughs> when we, when our experience is, by, is through the consumption of media, um, then we become very vulnerable to bad media. Uh, but when we actually recommit to civic engagement that is not mediated, but is actually in person, in place, in community, with people who you may know or may be strangers to you, um, then, uh, you, again, you, you begin on a relational basis. You begin by moving uh, through uh, trust, uh, and you are not just a, a subject uh, to whatever stream of information, good or bad, might be coming through your uh, your Twitter feed. And I think, you know, one of the things at Citizen University uh, that we've gotten to do as an organization is actually partner with a range of groups uh, and organizations in the Chicago area. Um, we, we run a thing called the Civic Collaboratory, which is, you can think of as a mutual aid network for civic innovators. And it's been, there's been a national version of this for over a decade. But mm-hmm. in the last few years, we've been, we've begun to pi- place-based version of this in Chicago. And the reason why we call it a mutual aid club is that we don't just get people to network and meet up with each other who are doing interesting, useful community work. We have a format where at every meeting, people take turns presenting to the full group a project they're working on, something they're trying to get going in their part of town. And the rest of the group offers not critique, not commentary, but hard commitments of help. Every kind of capital, yeah. ideas, relationship, maybe money, uh, connections. And that work of face-to-face reconnecting with people or connecting with people, you know, I don't have to tell you, there are folks who live, uh, you know, our our friend Tanika Johnson and her folded map project, that art project shows you that you can have people who have the same address, except one's on the north side, one one is on the south side, and they may as well be on different planets or at least different parts of the country. Uh, And when you actually fold that map, literally and figuratively, and get people to connect and make commitments of help to each other, that is the antidote to misinformation. That is the way in which people can be like, you know what? I heard something about that, but let me actually ask somebody who's living this and, yeah. uh, and, and where you can humanize this work, uh, you inoculate yourself against the worst kinds of disinformation. So while you have the microphone, Erica, I want you to talk to two groups of listeners right now. I want you to talk to the people who feel like the problems are just too big and that there's nothing that they can do that's going to make a difference. And the other folks who feel like there are just too many pressing issues and they just don't know how to pick one. <laughs> you know, uh, my, my answer to both groups actually is sort of similar, uh, which is literally pick one thing, one issue. There are there's an infinite number of crises and things going wrong in the world right now. Pick one. And that one might be economic development on the West Side. That one might be, um, you know, transit availability. That one might be uh, the fact that there are news deserts. Um, you know, across the city of Chicago. 
pick that one thing and then actually commit to not only going deep on that one thing and learning about it, but then the second thing that I would say, join a club. The biggest thing you can do right now isn't to write a petition or write a letter to the president. Join a club, rebuilding that muscle of joining, associating, organizing, having to come into some common cause and common purpose with people who you don't yet know, going towards some kind of common goal. That is the muscle fiber of the body politic. And over the last couple of generations, we've let that muscle atrophy. And that's why we have so many of the problems we have right now. You yourself as an individual may not be able to fix the brokenness that we saw in evidence in January 6th last year. But you yourself, by joining a club on an issue that matters to you, you absolutely can rebuild social and civic muscle. Uh, and that is, you know, I think we're in a race right now, Sasha. You know, and the race is, is our politics going to be poisoned from the top and from the center, from Washington, more quickly than we, the people, are going to be able to heal it from the bottom and from within? Uh, and the race has begun and it's underway. And the only thing we can do is to commit to do our piece and our part by joining something where we are um, and trying to exercise power and cultivate civic character in the communities where we live. Well, briefly, Eric, you know, I wonder why you think democracy is an act of faith. What would you say? Hmm. Well, I think the simplest way to put it is democracy works only if enough believe democracy works. There is nothing magic about the piece of paper called the Constitution. Plenty of other countries have constitutions. The Soviet Union had a beautiful constitution. The People's Republic of China has a lengthy constitution. What animates a document like that is whether we commit to each other and whether we say, you know what, there are some ideas in this document that are actually worth taking seriously, not to worship blindly, not to pat ourselves on the back about, but to say, if we mean equal protection of the laws, if we mean liberty and justice for all, then let's commit to each other to organize to make those things happen yeah. because we haven't seen them yet. They haven't occurred yet. And faith in the unseen is literally this idea of what we can, what it means to believe in the possibility of democracy. And so it's a way of flipping the fact that there is incredible inequality. There is, uh, you know, there is deep racial inequity in Chicago and every other part of this country. And it is possible right now if we recommit to each other and to these ideas uh, to actually push ourselves and our country a little closer uh, in alignment with our creed. Uh, and that is, you know, yeah. if that's not the measure of patriotism, I don't know what is. Well, I'm suddenly feeling a little bit more hopeful. That is Eric Liu, CEO of Citizen University. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.